Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Dan Panetti here. I've got Dr. Stephen Lytle with me. Dr. Lytle, welcome. Welcome. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. Or just Stephen. We'll just go with Stephen. I think that's perfect. Yes, I like it. Um, you are a, um, uh, a doctor of psychology, mm-hmm. psychiatry. No, psychology. Psychology. Okay. So I'm, I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. Tell me the difference because I, I, sometimes I, I get those confused. Sure. So psychiatrists are medically trained professionals. They, okay. they primarily, these, this day and age, uh, prescribe medication. Don't do much therapy. Psychologists have doctorates in psychology, um, and we do therapy, do yeah. counseling. That's yeah. the difference. And psycho- when we talk about psychology, mm-hmm. we're talking about um, kind of the life of the mind, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Thoughts, emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts, feelings, and some behaviors. And, and some behaviors, mm-hmm. right? But it's not just behavior modification. It's you're looking at really what's driving the particular behaviors. We're not yeah, just what are the people, thoughts? stop doing X, Y, and Z. You're asking, why are you doing those things? Where's that coming from? What okay. are you telling yourself that's causing you to feel a certain way that uh, influences what you do? Yeah. So we really look at it. And, and, and I was trained in the cognitive behavioral perspective, and that's cognitions, your thoughts influence <laughs> your feelings. Your feelings and thoughts can influence your behaviors. Yeah. And that's a, that's a little bit of digging to get down there. <laughs> it's right? a little bit of digging to get down well, there. Because most people... When you when you look at your particular behaviors, mm-hmm. you're not asking why am I doing what I'm doing. You're I'm just doing right. You're just doing. You're yeah. just you're just driving the car. Right. You're, you're right. going through life, uh, and and if you're getting off the the, the path, mm-hmm. right, it's hard to kind of figure out. Well, why am I over here? Yeah. I know I'm not where I want to be, but if I can't figure out how I got here, it's hard to get back on. It's hard to get back. It's hard to get back. Yeah, so you help people in a sense get back to where they need to be. Get back to where understand. What, where they are, yeah. how they got to where they are, yeah. and how we can get back. Yeah, that's a pretty good descriptor. Yeah. Now, the, uh, the name of the organization you guys founded and started? So we founded the practice. It's called Sparrow House Counseling. It's in Dallas, Texas. We founded the practice almost 13 years ago. Okay. My, my three partners and I have been in practice for, oh, probably 20 years um, at different practices. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to have a Christian-based practice with therapists who are clinically trained. And so that's who we are. We have about 40 therapists on staff right now who, who work with us. Yeah. It's a pretty large practice in Dallas. That, that seems pretty large. It's, pretty, it's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I would think that our, our most of the other practices, like one or two people. Yeah, I mean, are there a it, lot of other 40-person practices? It depends. It, it's a little rare to have a practice this size. Okay. I remember when we started, we would always pray, Lord, just whatever direction you want to go in. Yeah. If it stays the four of us, it stays the four of us. But we want to we want to grow um, as 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 big as you want us to get. Right. And so far, we're at about 40 people. Um, and there's, you know, especially after COVID, Dan, there's there's we we talk about this mental health crisis. Mm. Um, that brought it to light, didn't it? That brought it to yes. light. And I think things this, that you've been seeing for years, you're like, it's coming now out. everybody else is seeing it. <laughs> everybody else <laughs> is, is seeing it. Well, and I think the stigma of therapy started to go away, partic- sure. particularly with men. Men okay. are much more open to seeking guidance and counsel um, than they were before. They don't see therapy as a weakness. They see it as, as coaching or teaching. Um, it's a way to get back to where I want to be. Yeah. That, and that's actually part of what I wanted to talk to you about was just that whole idea of, 
Um, why was that stigma there for men, specifically since um, men are very used to, right, mm-hmm. in the, you know, the athletic realm, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has a coach. Yep. Um, you want to improve in a particular area of your Absolutely. life, right? You know, your dribbling's not very great. I mean, we even have, now have specific coaches to help in specific issues, yeah. right? I mean, I went out, you know, this summer and I was watching Julius Randle work on his dribbling, mm-hmm. right? He actually has a specific coach to help him with just dribbling because that was a part of his game that he needed to improve on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and we watch with everything, you know, yeah. football team. You got a running back coach, you got a receivers coach, you got a DB coach, you got a this coach, right? So, I mean, you may have a head coach, but every particular position helps with those things. And what you're saying is, in a sense, what you do, right, is the same thing, yeah. right? But why were men kind of hesitant to seek kind of that wisdom and that counsel from the counseling world. Yeah, so th- so think about this, Dan. Whenever you go to Home Depot um, and you are trying to find an item and you don't know where it is, rarely, rarely oh, do oh, you ask for help. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> so true. Okay. The, the same principle applies to counseling. Is is men? Oh, you, you got know, me there. <laughs> we, we think and we feel, um, but we tend to we tend to shove that, especially yeah. the feelings. We shove that stuff aside yeah. unless it's joy or maybe anger. Um, and we don't realize that, hey, you know, there's something going on with me. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for guidance. Yeah. And so I think men, um, you know, men are becoming a little bit more equipped in the uh, having the ability to ask for help. Okay. Um, you know, and, and especially when it comes to feelings, understand, okay, you know, I am feeling something. And and men, unfortunately, we, we get stuck in, in either feeling anger or joy. Those are the two emotions we tend to go with the most. We're okay. very comfortable with both of those emotions. But there's much more of a complexity of emotions. There's much more on that palette than, the, than just those two emotions. And so, you know, it used to be men would come in the office, I'm struggling with some anger issues. But mm-hmm. we started to realize, hey, there's something else going on underneath um, and not only are you feeling something else, you're probably telling yourself something that's causing these other feelings that's leading to anger. So let's try to open this box and see what's there. Gotcha. And so there's more of an acceptance, in particular for men, um, over the last few years to 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 come in, to come in to talk about stuff, to really look at what's going on with them. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that um, I read about a lot is uh, anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Two words um, that again, uh, COVID uh, yep. kind of brought out with isolation yep. um, that that ramped those things up because isolation. Yeah. Absolutely. is not good for no. people we're, who are we're designed for relationships. We're designed for relationships. Isolation. And, and that helps, help right? That. I mean, even the physical activity, right, of being, you know, being able to get out and, and, and you know, do things and be around other people. Um, but that's one of the things that I would, I would say that if I mentioned kind of the phrase anxiety and depression to people, most people would think um, that those are issues that, generally speaking, women struggle with, mm-hmm. right? Our mm-hmm. program is for men. Right. Um, so I asked you, you know, about a month ago, I was like, hey, do guys – Right. typically struggle with anxiety yeah. and depression. And you said, absolutely. Yeah. It just may look differently for men. So walk me through a little bit of just kind of, um, you know, what do you see in terms of um, men who come in and you say, hey, that's anxiety and depression. Right. And what is it, why does it look different kind of played out in a man than it might in a woman? I think I do think women are more comfortable using the, the terms anxiety and depression, okay. or men will use the terms stress and anger. And so for for men, um, you don't hear, hey, I'm just feeling anxious or yeah. I'm just worried. You hear, I'm stressed out. Um, I feel like my cup's overflowing um, and I'm just irritated. Yeah, but it's the same feeling. It's the same feelings. Yeah. It's just described differently. And, you know, like I said earlier, men are very comfortable with the, with the feelings of joy and anger. Um, joy is pretty easy. We get joy. I like peace. Um, you know, men, we love peace. Yeah. Just, <laughs> men love peace. So, but with, with anxiety, we're very uncomfortable with anxiety because that feels out of control. So we describe that as stress yeah. many times, but there's a difference between stress and anxiety. And, and there's, a, well, okay. So here's a, here's an interesting thought. There's something about being 
stressed. That's actually um, kind of macho, right? The, the idea of like I've got too much on my plate. I've got too much on my plate, right? And like mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm spending too many plates. I'm I'm right. you know, I'm, I'm Atlas, much, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm working right. too much. I've got too much going on, and and of course, then I'm stressed. Yeah. Um, but that that that's a problem, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. That, that needs to kind of you know how do you how do you then deal with the concept that you're taking on too much, and you're not being able to give back to the things that really are important to you. So we look. Let's start with defining or looking really at stress and anxiety mm-hmm. um, and just how similar those are. There's a little bit of a difference. So with stress, it's usually some external threat, either real or perceived. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I say external. It can be internal also, but is weighing you down. Okay. Um, I'm worried about you know not making enough money to be able to pay for my kids to go to Prestonwood, for example. Yeah. You know, we, just, we just talked about that. That's a lot of pressure. Yes. And so I have to work more hours. And what if I can't, you know, what if I can't make more money or what if I get fired? What then? So that creates a a lot of stress. There's yes. this there's this perceived, real or perceived threat um, that causes me to feel stress. Sure. Well, stress and anxiety feel very similar. Anxiety and, and stress is usually stress tends to go away when the stressor is gone. Okay. So if I all of a sudden I you know I make a big bonus at work, um, I you know there's pressure off off of me now. Um, I don't have to worry as much, so my stress level goes down, so my anxiety goes down. Now, with anxiety, it doesn't have to be – anxiety can feel exactly like stress, but there may not be a stressor involved. And anxiety usually lasts longer than stress, so I just feel anxious, and I don't know why. Hmm. You know, I seem to be doing okay. Um, I'm, I'm making enough money to pay for my kids to go to school, yet I'm still just worried, or I still just have this uneasy feeling about right. me. Right. Um, but there doesn't seem to be a cause for it. So as men, you know, it's trying to discern, is this stress? and or is this anxiety with men and helping right. men walk through that. Right. And so with men, it's you come in and you hear, well, I've just got too much on my plate. So let, let's take stress. And, and working with guys, it's understanding, okay, you're, if, you, if you think about – I use a cup metaphor in my, in my counseling offices – is think of yourself as a cup. Mm-hmm. And when you start pouring in worry, responsibility – external stressors, all this stuff in your cup, it fills your cup up over time. And there gets to a, there, there's a point where your cup starts to overflow, mm-hmm. and that's when we tend to notice it. Um, before that, we may not notice right. it. And so it's helping guys understand, okay, are there areas in my life where I can set boundaries for myself where more is not being poured into my cup? Um, and that, I think guys do well with a cup analogy. Okay, I need to, I need to put a lid in my cup so more is not poured in there. Yeah. Stress wise, and there's also we need to help guys. Um, try to help guys understand how to empty that cup. Whatever's in there, we need to get out of there. Gotcha. And we need to figure out if it's things that you're telling yourself that you're pouring in there, worry, or if there's truly some external stressor that's in there that we need to work on getting out of there. Um, with, with anxiety, I think where men really get stuck is they they understand working through stress. Mm-hmm. I think where they get stuck sometimes is when I start to feel restless or tense, but there's no external stressor sure. um, or perceived stressor that's out there. I just can't get this worry out of my head. Yeah. So, you know, we tend to use the term synonymously, anxiety and stress. There's a little bit of a difference. One's because of a some time, some type of response to it or is, is in response to a threat, real or perceived. And the other is just you don't have an identifiable trigger anxiety but it's still there mm. men are men work better when i use the term stress than i do anxiety because they can relate to it more yes. but it allows me when we're starting to talk about stress for them to see hey there's some thoughts that i'm telling myself that are also leading me to have anxiety yeah now i, I just in, in a lot of um men that i've met with over the years <clears throat> i've found that a lot of guys have a stress or anxiety of trying to live up to kind of an image of their dad right, right. 
and, and it just kind of, I mean, which, which isn't necessarily always a bad thing um, until it becomes something that you, you realize until until, yeah, until it's unhealthy, yeah. right? Yeah. Kind of the, like, yeah, you'll never be your dad. You're, yeah. you've got to be okay with that. Like, you know, yeah. God created you know this guy and God created you. He didn't need two of them or, no. <laughs> you know, um, so what, do you, you see a lot of that kind of issues in guys. It's just, as we get yeah. to that issue and we just realize well, I'll never be, you know, like my dad or as good as my dad or work hard as my dad or whatever the different things are. I think it was Teddy Roosevelt who said comparison is the thief of joy. Joy, And, and we, as men, we do a really good job of comparing ourselves to others. And the first model that we have of manhood is, is usually our fathers. Excuse me. And so it's, you know, if your father is successful or has some modicum level of success, you want to live up to it. There's a lot of pressure there, but what you have to remember is, is, we're made differently. Mm-hmm. You know, we're made in God's image and we're made differently. Yeah. And so you're not your father. You're not, you know, this ex ex you know, you're not yeah. this coach, you're yeah. not this person over here. You're your 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 dad is fearfully and wonderfully made and you are fearfully and wonderfully made yep. even though you're made different. So you're not necessarily designed to do the same thing your dad does. Yeah. And so you have to be careful of trying to live up to to some some model out there other than Jesus because you may not be designed to live up to that model. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite people, um, I lived with a, a guy named Shelby Wilson, who was an mm. um, Olympic gold medalist wrestler, 1960 yeah. Olympics. Got to live with him when I was up at Indiana University. And uh, it was fascinating. I mean, yeah. he was, he was you know, just kind of world-renowned as one yeah. of the great wrestlers. Oklahoma State, uh. you know, I mean, there's a statue of him, you know, in his hometown. And um, I just remember talking to him because he had three daughters. Yeah. And he just said, it was God's grace. He goes, because if I had a son, I would have made him yeah. into me. I would have made him into a wrestler because that's what I do. That's that's all I know, yeah. right? I mean, he's one of the you know cauliflower ear yeah. old guys wrestling, yeah. and he's like, God gave me three daughters so I could allow them to be whatever God wanted them to be. He goes, yeah. but I knew if I had a son, right, I'd have made him into me. Into my image. Yeah, into my yeah. image. And I think that's the thing that we sometimes miss is, yeah. right, we're, su- we're supposed to train up our kids in the way they should go. Right? Not in the way we Yes, they should go. Exactly. Absolutely. So if you have a you know son who wants to be, you know, something different than you are, I think it's difficult as men yeah. to say, Oh yeah, you know, you go do that. But if we don't know anything about it, we feel inferior. Sure. Um, that's where the stressor comes in. So that's right? a, that's I've, an know, external stressor. Right I, I've there. got to go to this event and I don't know what it is. My son's yeah. doing something, I don't understand it. Yeah. How do I have conversations? Different sure. things like that. I see that with so many yeah. you know, just young people that that's a, a huge issue for them. It's just that that tension between them and their fathers. Well, and there's, you know, expanding on that, Dan, we talk about fatherlessness, and and that that's a yeah. that's that's just as big of an of an area because you have these you don't have, have a model, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Who's your role model? And so you have have boys that try to live up to who their father is, and then you have boys who who don't have a father or a father figure, and so where do you go to find that? And a lot of times there's such, you know, you, you go to culture other cultural influences that are that are out there, whether it's you know online or you go on Instagram or TikTok or whatever else is out there to try to find a model to live up to. Yeah. And again, what's very important is, is we're all designed differently. And, you know, is if I'm trying to live up to some other model, I've got to be careful because again, God may not have designed me to go down that path. That's right. And so men get very frustrated because we, you know, whether it's living up to a father, a father figure, or some other fatherly role model that's out there, we may not be designed to, to go down that path. Um, no, I think there's some things we want to train men up. Um, you know, to, how do we how how do we train men up to be men? What yes. does that look yes. like? I think that's extremely important because men and women are designed differently. Mm-hmm. Um, in God's image, He made the male, He made the female. Our men are not designed to 
be like a woman. Right. And so there may be masculine men and feminine men, but there's still traits of manhood that are um, you can help coach up and teach up. Um, that doesn't mean though that this person is supposed to be a you know an Olympic wrestler. This this right. kid may be a you know a wonderful artist yes. or uh, a wonderful musician yep. or you know um, a, a psychology professor. <laughs> But it's it's helping it's helping train men up into the path that they are supposed to go down, yes. not the path that we as as unfortunately dads many times think they should go down. Yeah, yeah. So like this week, um, my daughter's home, and I've got to mm-hmm. um, help her because she's going to take a sewing class, mm-hmm. um, and I know how to sew. Well, and, praise God, right? So it's, it's Amen. Th- things like that. That yeah. as a young person growing up. Yeah. Um, I was kind of exposed to a bunch of different things and I, you know, I learned how to sew, I learned how to cook, I learned how to, you know, I did laundry and, you know, different things like that, right? I mean, I can change a tire, all those different things. It's funny, I I used to do a um, kind of a, um, a class here with a bunch of young people and just kind of teaching them a bunch of basic life yeah. skills. And it's funny how many people don't how to, don't know how to do any of those skills yeah. at all, right? Like I can't tie a tie, I can't change a tire. I can't, right. It's like, well, guess what? Uh, I can do all those things. So, but but it's funny because when you t- when you tell somebody, it's like you know, hey, I can do laundry, I can iron, I can sew. They look at you like, but you're a guy. And you're like, yeah. Guys can sew. Absolutely can. Right? It's like, you know, now I can't put any clothes together because if you look at me when I walk out of the house, right? It's like, whoa, dude has no fashion sense. (laughs) But I have a wife for that. So, you know, that that helps. But it is kind of a funny thing that even in our culture, there's still those um, kind of masculine, feminine stereotypes that it's hard to – um, break down, yeah. right? And I, I think that's one of the things that, that for men to realize, you know, it's okay if God's created you with a particular, you know, gifting and creativity, or if you know how to do certain skills, you it. can still be masculine Absolutely. and do those things. Absolutely. Right? Well, and I think, you know, Dan, as we talk about that, that kind of dovetails perfectly into what we've talked about, stress versus anxiety mm-hmm. and men coming into counseling. Yeah. men. Would, had previously seen counseling as, hey, that's that's a weakness and weakness, you know, right. talking about my right. feelings, going yep. back and talking about child. That's not really something I want to do. Um, you know, I don't I don't really want to explore that or open that up. That's a that's a feminine thing to do. And so, and we go, no, let's let's maybe reframe this just a little bit. Mm-hmm. God gave you feelings, and so <laughs> men and women have feelings, yeah. and they may be. Uh, felt a little bit differently or perceived a little bit differently, they're still feelings and they're in there and God put those in your, there for good reason. So let's start to unpack that a little bit. And that's, and men, you know, I found out that when, instead of using the term anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, we started to talk about stress, stress. Yeah. and that opened the door to men feeling more comfortable about coming in um, and talking about what's going on. But there's a lot of similarity. And, and and men don't just wrestle with stress. Men do wrestle with anxiety, too, yeah. that we get stuck in this um, just worry, yeah. just worry, worry, Now, what about worry. depression then as well? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that – that's a clinical term, right, yes. where in a sense kind of that yes. stress or that anxiety mm-hmm. doesn't go away, right? right? Uh, over time or – and, you know, as you said, that when yeah. the stressor is gone, the stress relieves. Yeah. But sometimes that anxiety doesn't have, right, that trigger. And, and right. it, you know, if it's there for a significant amount of time – all of a sudden, right, d- depression. Do men struggle with depression? Yeah, absolutely. I think with stress or anxiety, um, the longer it goes on, mm-hmm. the higher likelihood there's going to be some depression underneath. Yeah. Because you feel helpless. You feel trapped in this stress or anxiety. Now, when uh, in, in stress, when once a stressor goes away and the stress elevates, there may there could be some depression along with 
stress, but many times when the stress goes away, the depression lifts. With anxiety, if they, the longer the anxiety is there, the more likely there's going to be uh, depression there. Yeah. But anxiety and depression are, are different things. And so anxiety is this, just this feel of worry and, and uh, restlessness and you know, feeling out of control. Depression is heaviness. And you can have depression and anxiety together. You can also have them separately. Um, I think many individuals, the longer they struggle with anxiety, the higher the likelihood there's going to be depression. Right. But there's a lot of individuals with depression who don't necessarily have characteristics of anxiety. Yeah. They're just stuck in this sadness, yeah. uh, this depressed mood, yep. as we like to call it. Yeah. Now, one of the other things um, I recently read, and I wish I could give you the actual number, um, but it was something that to me seemed astronomical, right? It was kind of like, you know, one out of four men over 40 or something mm-hmm. like that. So it's just like this bizarre number. I don't know what it is specifically, um, but it was, it, it mentioned how they live alone. Mm. Right. And so I was kind of like, wow, that's, mm. that's awful. Yeah. Right. I mean, cause one of the things that COVID showed us, right. Yeah. Was we're not made for isolation. We're made yeah. for community. Yeah. And just so many men yeah. um, are alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I would say, you know, from, from my perspective is like, yeah, you need to have some people around you then to, you, you to gotta help. Have community. You got to have community. Yeah. You got to have that support. Um, do you see that loneliness and that isolation yeah. in men as well? I think a characteristic of men um, or a label that's placed on men is we're, we're very independent. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, independence and isolation go hand in hand, yeah. that I don't need anybody. But God designed us for a relationship. And I'm glad you know, we talk about just the impact of COVID and what's that, how that's impacted us. Um, COVID kept us in isolation. We lost um, one of the things that we're designed for, which is community. Um, and we couldn't reach out to the people like we had before. Yeah. Um, at best, we could we could talk to them over Zoom or um, you know on you know on online, but not face to face. And God God wires for face to face connection. And so, if you think about this, one of the ways that we punish prisoners um, in prison is through isolation, yep. solitary confinement. Um, well, COVID, re- I mean, COVID just exasperated all these issues that may have been unlearned, uh, underlying anyway, that community may have um, alleviated a little bit. Yeah. But once you take away community, that stuff comes up. So it, it, community is one of the coping mechanisms for both anxiety and depression. You got to be around people. Yeah. Um, men have a hard time reaching out to others because of the stigma as well. I'm not supposed to ask for help. I'm independent. Mm-hmm. It's like going to Home Depot. We yep. don't ask for help. Yep. Well, we're not designed to be independent. You know, we're not designed to do it all on our own. Um, that's where we start to wrestle with pride yeah. that I don't need to. Absolutely. Well, you absolutely need to. We need community. Jesus had his, had his guys. Yeah. We need our guys. And so that's, you know. a, that's a good picture. <laughs> well, and, you know, we're watching The Chosen right now, which I love great. The Chosen because yeah. you get to see a physical picture yeah. of what of, you yeah. know brings the pages kind yeah. of alive. Yeah. Um, but but having your guys yeah. also causes problems. Oh, absolutely. right. I mean, can I tell you, Jesus, the perfect man, right, <laughs> could have done this thing without those guys. <laughs> They're just like, like how many problems? Yeah. But that's part of the process. That's part of the process, right? Yeah. And 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 cool. The cool thing too is like when you when you leave it and you move on to something else, you've left your guys there, and yeah. I think that's the legacy. Yeah. Right. I want to train up a group of people. I want to I want to leave a legacy of the things that I've learned. Um, and I need to go through the process of, of training other people. Yeah. Right. I want to do that with my boys. I want yeah, to do that investing in, in other men. Um, I've heard this and, and tell me if this is a, a phrase that you've used before. But um, you mentioned guys need to have some of that face to face. Yes. And I've heard somebody tell me that um, sometimes with guys, you need to start with shoulder to shoulder. Yes. And then you can move face to face. And it's just kind of a funny picture. Right. Like right. I'll go out with a group of guys and we'll do something shoulder to shoulder. Like yeah. we're working on a task. Or we're yeah. playing a game or we're doing well, something. There's a connection. There. Exactly. Yeah. And then. Right. 
right? Once those kind of walls fall and then it's like, oh, I can sit down and actually have a conversation. Then the face-to-face can come with that. So there was a study that was done. I can't remember if it was done in the the late 70s or early 80s that just talked about connection. Mm -hmm. And so the researchers put two chairs in a room and he had male, female, male, male, female, female. (laughs) I see where this is going. And he (laughs) – the the researcher discovered that the individuals that felt the closest were were guys that set – set – that set or sat, excuse me, shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. They just felt a connection. Sure. They didn't have a lot of words, yep. but just felt that connection there. Where, um, I don't know if you've ever read the, the five love languages, but one of the love languages is quality time. And yeah. my wife and I experience quality time very differently. Yeah. Her quality time is face to face with me. Yes. Uh, my quality time is just sitting next to her. Totally. Just sitting next to her, yep. shoulder to shoulder. Um, and so, you know, it's, it, we need that community. One of the things that, Unfortunately, you know, I, I love the the invent of uh, these handheld computers. I'm looking at my phone yes. right now because it allows me to have access to so much information. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. it can also the, keep me isolated. But <laughs> yeah, there's a big there's a big yeah, button. Yeah. It, can it keep takes me away isolated. from the face to face and the shoulder to shoulder because I can spend so much time in On that device. That, yep. right. yeah. I notice, you know, I'll. Um, you and I were talking earlier. I'm going to take my son to his basketball game this afternoon, and we'll drive down in the car. He'll mm-hmm. sit in the front seat next to me, yep. shoulder to shoulder. Maybe ten words are going to be spoken, yep. but there's a connection there. Yeah. I also have three daughters, um, and there's there's we don't do as much shoulder to shoulder. It's all face to face. Yes, um, um, you know it's it's funny. It's um, um, Wolgamuth. She calls me daddy. Mm-hmm. Right, actually helps men understand how yeah. to have a face to face conversation with their daughter um, by just playing kind of like little games with them, yeah. so that you're sitting across. You're you know you're you're doing something active yes. for a guy yeah. um, but your daughter needs that face-to-face yeah, right absolutely. where your son may not i had a, i had a good friend um and i could tell who, who it was but uh, they were our neighbors and um at one particular time right as the school was kind of growing there were you know two different campuses and mm-hmm. i work next to one of the campuses and he's like hey could you take my son tuesday and thursday morning could you take my son to school so i drove his son one of them to school for um <laughs> a year and a half right he said um, 10 words in a year and a half. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was crazy, right? 10 words in a, in a year and a half. And one of them is because we got passed by some Lamborghini and it's like, man, I really like that car. And I was like, okay, there's seven of the words, right? <laughs> so, He's using them up. Yeah. But, but we actually kind of built a little rapport. Right. Um, and, and I can see him today and talk to him for hours. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of funny. We go back to that time. It's just like, yeah, you may break not, that down. Yeah. You may not be ready to talk right yeah. as a young person. And yeah. I see that with so many young yeah boys. Um, I also see that as a problem as those young boys move into relationships, that if they can't sit down with a girl face to face and actually have a conversation, that's going to lead to some difficulties and some some, some tension in that conversation. Well, tension in the relationship because you're not meeting that that quality time with her. Yes. So I would say, right, train boys how to have that conversation. And if they they may not have it as much as your daughters, but boys need to learn how to sit and look at somebody and ask questions, right? Because when I I talk to my boys about, you know, hey, you're going to go out on a date, I'm always like, ask questions. Right. Because a girl can talk about herself forever. Everybody can talk about themselves forever. Right. right? So it's a very easy, a very comfortable. Um, but as but as you go through it, at some point, you're going to have to be the one who answers the questions as well. So you're going to have <laughs> to learn how to be a little bit vulnerable and say some things and, and, and kind of put that out there. So well, it's, a, it's an important skill. It's a very important skill. Um, if you want to. Um, you know, attain a relationship, Mm -hmm. you have to learn how to talk to a girl. Um, You want to maintain a relationship, you've got to continue to learn how to grow in talking to a girl. Um, And again, with, with, you know, a lot of stuff being done online, um, young boys, 
um, young men have lost a lot of the the skill set yeah. in learning how to talk face to face. And you know, go, going back to men in counseling, I think that was one of the difficulties for men, or one of the difficulties for men coming into counseling is it is face to face for the most part. Yeah. But once that is broken down, and any, any, any skilled clinician knows how to establish rapport fairly click, uh, quickly and establish an environment that feels comfortable for men to open up. Sure. I found that once men start to open up, it, it's the floodgates. Um, it, it just opens up the floodgates. There's a lot to talk about. And when men start understanding that, hey, it's okay, we can talk through this and we can look face-to-face, we can – you know, counseling is an intimate setting. Um, but I found when men really – pull those walls down, um, that there's a lot of value that comes from that. A lot of value that comes from that. Yeah. I love it. I love that you're doing it. I love that you have that kind of biblical worldview that you bring to it, um, that you can not only help men with kind of the wisdom and experience of your training, right? But you can also use the word of God uh, and the wisdom that God has given us about just how he's created us. And so um, I'll put in the show notes just kind of how people can reach out to you. I know people are listening all over the world. So um, those in Dallas um, can have that as a, you know, a resource. Um, but, uh, you know, just thank you for doing what you do and thanks for coming in and having a conversation with us that hopefully will be um, helpful, encouraging and challenging to men um, to look at the idea of getting help uh, in the sense of just the same thing as you would for a coach working on a particular skill set that yep. you want to have, yeah. right? Dealing with your emotions and your feelings is, is right, that, that same vein. We have them. We need to know what to do with them. And you know, thank you for men and women that are trained to help us do that and, and, and kind of put those things into perspective. So. And thanks for thanks for inviting me. And it's always good to spend time with you, my friend. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time. In the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.